Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Hey, it's 2021. We made it. I have a friend. By the way, this is uh, Did You America? Um, New York producer, literally, just before we started recording this podcast, sent a text with a good idea. And he said, as it's the new year, why don't you call this one Season 2, Episode 1? That is the first time and possibly will be the last time I actually remember which episode we're doing. I was going to say that's going to make counting way easier for me. Season 2, Episode 1, boys and girls, we're here. I was going to say, I've got a friend in the UK who does a, a talk show, and um, he was doing a big thing this week about the fact that last year at this time, he made a big thing on air about 2020 was going to be a great year because it was two 20s next to one another. And he just said, just write it down and look at it. 2020, doesn't it look great? I think he might have been the reason for everything that happened. <laughs> and the Mayans were like, yeah, that's what they said about 2012, asshole. Literally. <laughs> he said, you know, there's all these people with superstitions that go on about, you know, do this, don't do that, blah, 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 blah. But he was the one that came up with this idea of j just saying 2020, just write it down and see how good it looks. <laughs> and And then I was thinking, well... You could say the same about 2021, oh, I no. think. I, uh, I had a friend who he reshared a meme that he shared this time last year. And it was like, 2020 is about to be the best year ever. And gave a list of like every holiday. It was either falling on a weekend or like was going to be a long extended weekend because of where it fell. And instead, of course, we celebrated each of those holidays by being inside alone. Right. Yeah. Uh, 2021, by the way, has uh, started off badly for a New York producer. We need to send him our best wishes because he, he's got COVID. Um, remember a few months ago, he was feeling a little bit sick and thought that he might have COVID, but then it didn't get any worse than that. Right. Well, that was just syphilis. Right. This time he's in bed and has been in bed for a week and is having breathing difficulties. And, uh, and his wife has got no symptoms, but she took a, a COVID test and, and positive. So he's definitely got COVID. And so all of our fear last time about, oh my God, what will happen if he dies? Because neither of us know how to access the website to upload the podcast and do all of the online production elements that this show needs. Actually, now this could become a real thing. I'll tell you how much of a real thing it could become because we were only doing one podcast a week. Normally, I just leave the computers out and the microphones connected because we're sitting at my kitchen table twice a week doing this. I actually, to do some cleaning, disconnected the microphones, downpowered the two laptops that we use to record this podcast, put them away in one of my cupboards, and I only got them out just before uh, we were about to start recording today. It took Jeremy and I about an hour just to figure out how to reboot the computers and plug the right cables into the right bits. All we're doing is plugging a microphone into a laptop twice, and that took about an hour. So New York producer, I know you sent me a text. There were two text messages today. One said, how about you call it season two, episode one, which is a great idea. The other text message said, if I feel any worse, I'll send you the password so you can load the podcast to the website. Oh, now, you better not die. That's not happening. I'm thinking, when you say, would you feel any worse, 
Do you mean because you're in bed and you can't face doing the loading of the podcast or that you might actually die? Because if you go <laughs> if you go before Larry King, New York producer, it's going to be so inconvenient. I was going to say, this is a terrible way for all the fans to learn that New York producer is actually Larry King. <laughs> That's why he didn't want his name revealed. In all seriousness, I, I, Larry King, you said, was out of I, ICU, yeah, right? Yeah, I thought, I thought I saw a headline. Now, of course, I didn't click it because who cares about Larry King? Well, but I think he was removed from the icy no let's be nice to about larry king even though i made that joke i you know he's a, a an american icon and he's what about 78 so that's not i a, think he's 87 oh i got that wrong yeah you're dyslexic as hell <laughs> <laughs> even worse if he was 78 he might have pulled through but right. he's 90 <laughs> and he's got covid he's fucked <laughs> <laughs> okay He's 87. By the way, if you write 2020 down, it looks great. Whoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, but it's good news if he's uh, out of intensive care because, yeah, 87 and being in hospital with COVID is uh, obviously that makes it uh, a very touch and go. I, I never really watched much Larry King. I, he was someone that in the UK growing up we would hear of because he'd do a lot of big interviews. So when I was a, a little kid, they'd be reported in the newspaper press. So we knew right. there was a... A big uh, there was some guy with suspenders talking a lot. Absolutely, but I will say this: uh, that so that my two reference points for Larry King are firstly when he left his long-running CNN show, which I believe a lot of people enjoyed. They then stupidly employed a Brit. And Piers fucking Morgan, rather than actually showing some gratitude for being welcomed to the greatest country on earth, you got on TV and as a Brit started telling America what was wrong with America. And America said, we don't want you. You can go back home, which is exactly what <laughs> happened. So even not knowing much about what Larry King did before Piers Morgan, because of what Piers Morgan did when he took over from Larry King, that makes me side with Larry King. Second thing about Larry King, if you've never seen it, go to YouTube and watch him interview Marilyn Manson. Now, this was after he left CNN. So whenever, I guess he was just doing YouTube at that point, he migrated to online. I have never actually seen the full interview because it's about 20 minutes, but there's a bit towards the end where Larry King's just doing quick fire questions at Marilyn Manson. So you can imagine the previous 20 minutes was maybe kind of fun because they're, you know, kind of unlikely people right. to, to be seen in the same room. But on the quick fire questions that people have emailed in, one of the questions to Marilyn Manson posed by Larry King via a viewer is, what's the ultimate sandwich? And, <laughs> and Marilyn Manson says, it's a grilled cheese sandwich. And Larry King confirms that this is in actual fact the correct answer to that question. <laughs> and then for about five minutes, Larry King and Marilyn Manson discuss the virtues of grilled cheese sandwiches. It is beautiful that's a great i bet that was marilyn manson's favorite interview ever you know he doesn't want to talk about his music or his crazy you know tabloid headlines and I'm, I'm vaguely aware as i said from when i was a little kid growing up reading that larry king probably did some very hard-hitting interviews in his uh younger days um you know when he was only 67 rather than 87 <laughs> with you know probably big political figures and such like but i would like to think that he would like to be remembered for the uh grilled cheese sandwich bro down with marilyn Right. And, and the greatest thing is at the, at the very end after they've really just um extrapolated on why grilled cheese is the ultimate sandwich marilyn manson throws him a curveball right and he says you know it's nice with ketchup and larry king goes really i've not tried that it's just <laughs> and, and if you're listening if you're listening larry 
And you're making a list of things you're going to do now because when you're 87 and you're out of the intensive care unit because you've had COVID, you're probably thinking, you know, time is really ticking away. Of course. You don't need to. Grilled cheese, if you're using the right cheese, you don't need ketchup to supplement the flavor. Yeah, no, that's not a... Marilyn Manson is absolutely wrong on that one. But I can assure you that Larry King is listening to this because this is actually what they give people to get them out of the ICU. I mean, we're just doing a great service to society, right? You're welcome, America. Exactly. I couldn't keep a radio job, but I'm keeping people alive, out of keeping them out of the COVID wards. You know, my, my only issue with Larry King, just one last point, is he... There's always figures hey, can that Can I are, just say, watch what you say, because he could die while we're recording I was going to say, this is going to be the already, worst I've, bit I've, ever. I've, I've already <laughs> made a joke about him dying. <laughs> so because of his name, he's always going to get confused with Stephen King, right. who's way better and way more famous than him. And because of his looks, he's always going to get confused with Stan Lee. <laughs> like... No matter what, he's getting thrown into that circle. He's clearly the worst of the three. <laughs> I mean, F. Mary Kill, Stephen King, Larry King, Stan Lee. All right. Uh, Are we doing that? Know, well, first of all, you're going to do it, but I can already assure you, Larry King is dying in this scenario. D- Larry King, as I, I keep t- reminding you, might be dying during this podcast. I think we should go. <laughs> we should go more easily on Larry King. Yeah, but imagine if this is the first official Obin of his. <laughs> Going, you know, there was these two guys. One of them was a Brit. It might have been Piers Morgan because I think he, <laughs> I think Piers Morgan would have been really bitter about the fact that he, he only well, lasted he, two years I was replacing say, Larry he replaced King. Him. This is his revenge. <laughs> They're gonna start thinking that I'm Piers Morgan, and he's he's gonna get like booted off of his new UK TV show that he's got there because they thought he was so disrespectful for Larry King. And they'll say not only was he making jokes about Larry King dying from coronavirus, out of all of the things that Larry King did during like a seventy plus year of journalism. He said the best thing was when he discussed grilled cheese sandwiches with Marilyn Manson. <laughs> what a career. And said, don't go reaching for the ketchup. <laughs> now, it's been very complicated to keep track of who's dead and who's not in terms of celebrities. So gen- genuinely, um, as I said, I, I, I do like Larry King, even if I'm not overly familiar with his work. I like the idea of him. Okay. And um, hopefully he's going to be around for a bit longer because, uh, uh, as we said, obviously very touch and go when you're 87 and on uh, in the... Wait, hold uh, on. Before you, you go on to the next thing, you have to complete the answer. F. Mary Kill, Stephen King, Larry oh, King, um, Sam Lee. Right. Well, if I can marry Larry King now, I've probably got a lot of money coming my oh, way yeah. in a matter of days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hours oh, before yeah. we finish this podcast. This is the best obit ever. <laughs> and then, and then um, I'll get Marilyn Manson to do the funeral ceremony. <laughs> and then and then afterwards at the wake, we'll all have grilled cheese sandwiches. You can hold the ketchup on mine. <laughs> so okay. I'm marrying so Larry you're King. Marrying Larry I think King. I've justified bold that choice, very, very well. Choice. No, I think I've uh, my choices are sound, aren't yeah. they? I mean, I've just given you a perfect doing it explanation. For the money. By the way, don't forget this is Did You America. I am Piers Morgan. Um, <laughs> this is going to skyrocket my credibility. I'm doing a podcast with Piers Motherfucking Morgan. It's <laughs> very much confusion about who's dead and who's not. Larry King may or may not be Piers Morgan saying terrible things about Larry King, <laughs> and he's doing it with a guy who looks the fat version of the one from Steely Dan who we thought was dead. It just turned out he put on a lot of weight. 
<laughs> who are the other ones? So I'm marrying Steve. Okay, you're marrying Larry King now. Le- Stephen King and Stan Lee, who's already dead, so it would be easy to kill him. Right. Yeah. So I guess I'm killing Stan Lee. Ooh, shots fired, Marvel. Well, but he's already dead anyway. Yeah, but this is a stupid guy. You don't want to mess with. It's a stupid game, but you know, in the end, you're banging Stephen King. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. So other celebrities but that but, are dead. But I'm on the verge <laughs> of getting a lot of. Well, otherwise I'm fucking a dead celebrity, right? What's worse, you I'm necrophiliac? Making, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, what's worse, I'm making off-color jokes about Larry King, or I'm committing necrophilia. <laughs> this is a very, very, I mean, the topics that. We're, don't worry, we'll start the podcast in a minute. Right. <laughs> Hello, welcome to season two, episode one of uh, Did You America? We'll just take all that out in the edit. Larry King's still alive. Yay! 2022 is going to be so much better, I promise you. (laughs) So, confusion over who's dead and who's not, right? Because, uh, and I wasn't even going to do this as a story, uh, because uh, she's not someone who I watched a lot on TV or in movies, and I didn't think that she was a, a huge name. But I think she's about to become a huge name. So Tanya Roberts, it was reported, died yesterday. So Tanya Roberts was in, um, what's the TV show? That 70s show. That's how I knew her. She was one of the moms of one of the characters. On on that 70s show. And she was... I think in, in the original Charlie's Angels. I believe so. Right. I don't I don't I never I never watched that. But I do know because you know that I tend to have encyclopedic knowledge on what are considered the um less than great James Bond movies, that she was a Bond girl in a view to a kill, the last Roger Moore outing, the one where he looks about a hundred and seven. So Tanya Roberts, sad news reported yesterday that she died at 65. Apparently she fell ill on Christmas Eve and then got rushed into hospital and she was there for the last uh, 10 days or whatever and was pronounced dead um, by her rep on Sunday evening. And um, her is either her husband or a long-term partner was giving a statement today about it in tears during which he got a call from his partner's rep the one who put out the statement the day before saying Tanya Roberts, star of View to a Kill, that sadly died at 65, going, hang on, not dead. Oh, no. <laughs> so Tan- Tanya-, Tanya Roberts, now I think at the moment it is touch and go. She's not, a- she's not in a good way, but she is still at the moment very much alive on a hospital ward. Sure she is. Who can believe her rep now? Well, well see, now this is... Is this the worst or the best rep in the world ever? Because <laughs> if if the rep can't get it straight, whether or not his actress talent is alive or dead, then they're a terrible rep for Hollywood. But as I said, today, until I read the update on the story, I wasn't even going to talk about Tanya Roberts in the podcast. And it does not you do not need normally to give me an excuse to talk about a view to a kill. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but even even with this, I was not going to go down that route because I just didn't think that she was one of the more famous Bond girls. I never watched Charlie's Angels. I mean, you know, it's sad that she died, blah, 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 blah. But now she's back from the dead. <laughs> if the rep did it on purpose, because not Everyone says nothing sells like death, right? right? If you're an artist, you are way, way, way more popular after death 
than you were when you're alive generally, right? Now, that's great for people that can earn money from you after you're dead. It kind of sucks for you as the artist. But the second (laughs) best thing is if you're the famous or, in this case, not so famous person, and it's reported that you're dead for 24 hours, and then actually, oh, hang on a minute, we made a mistake, she's alive, Tanya Roberts is going to be getting offers from everywhere. I would go see any movie she was in. Basically, this was a play to get her in our Never Say Never Again reboot. Well, I'm now thinking, well, we know, as as exclusively announced on a previous episode of Did You America, Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond, which is going to be released at some point this year, is going to be a reboot of Never Say Never Again, the unofficial Bond movie that uh, Sean Connery made in 1983, the one that he came back for, and some people said he was too old to star in. However, it is the best James Bond movie ever. I think you'll find I'm correct with that opinion. Now... The problem then was that after that, Roger Moore made one more because he, he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't just have it because at the time his Bond movie was going up against Never Say Never Again and there was a big battle and I think Roger Moore thought like I'm going to do one more and then I'll retire and it was A View to a Kill where Roger Moore literally looks like he's falling asleep during that movie and that's the movie that Tanya Roberts is the Bond girl in. So what I'm now thinking is Never Say Never Again is going to be the... Final, final Daniel Craig James Bond movie. We exclusively revealed that on this podcast a long time ago. Whoever the next Bond is, his first Bond movie is a reboot of A View to a Kill. Oh, my God. Tanya Roberts is going to have so much work. Her rep is basically like dead or alive. Prop that corpse up. We get in that Picasso money. She is going to be the first female Blofeld in, uh, in, <laughs> in, 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 in A View to a Kill. And, uh, and if these conspiracy theories are going to run super deep, about you know you're killing people off and then bringing them back alive because there's there's no great the, the best business is if you're dead the second best business is if you're almost dead I mean I know this you know we mentioned on this podcast from me having a friendship with Lemmy from Motorhead who is now sadly dead the last two albums from Motorhead were two of their biggest selling for about 25 years and I remember during the penultimate album that they put out he'd had a couple of years of bad health but it sold as I said better than anything from the previous 25 years and I remember being with him one day and he's moaning about his his ill health and um I said oh the album's doing well and he goes well, that is the success that comes with almost dying. <laughs> You've got to almost die right. to suddenly get people's attention. That's I'm what- half expecting Roger Moore to suddenly like appear from nowhere and go, Darling, that was a long sleep. Anyway, I heard Tanya's back in action. I'm not really dead. I'm thinking, do I have one more bond in me? <laughs> uh... It's just that's a, that's a throwback <laughs> to a previous episode as well. It's just an interesting career move because, like you know, there's so many celebrities and musicians like that people think aren't really dead; they're faking their death. Like some people think from back in the day, the comedian Andy Kaufman never really died. Mm-hmm. People think Tupac is on an island outside of Africa somewhere. I guess Tanya Roberts is now on that crew. She has to be the most unfortunate of the three. I don't care if she's the female. She's getting killed in the F. Mary kill of that trio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we just going to F. Mary kill everyone that we talk about? On if the there's podcast three today? people in a group, you have to F Mary kill that. Because my next story, which is kind of connected to Tanya Roberts in terms of it being about old people, does actually have three people in it, and I think it's a good good one for F Mary kill. So 
Tanya Roberts isn't dead. Hopefully she'll make her way out of hospital. She's going to get more publicity than, than she has since A View to a Kill. Um, the first James Bond movie with the next James Bond is going to be a reboot of A View to a Kill with her playing a female Blofeld. It will remain to be seen whether or not she shaves her head. <laughs> um, I mean, she's almost dead. We might as well shave the head. But in... <laughs> Which is the new slogan of Did You America? <laughs> They're almost dead. Might, Might as, as well, well shave the head. head. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Is Larry King still alive? I was going to say, I'm, I'm going straight to hell. The other news about um, movies and old people Lethal Weapon 5 is coming. And uh, I want to say hi to Stephen, who messaged us. If you want to do this, by the way, you can go to the web. Well, I think you can go to the website, assuming that uh, New York producer doesn't die of COVID. So we've still got access to the website because he hasn't given me the passwords yet to get to it. But assume that he's going to be alive and we still have a fully operational website. Didyouamerica.com. You can talk to us there. Click be on the show and then you can actually talk at your listening device and leave us a voice message. Or if you want to just type us a message, you can. Uh, Stephen sent a message saying, did you make this happen? Hashtag cosmic power. Because you know we talk about things on Did You America and then weird things happen a couple of weeks later, right? Right. So a few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that I'd wasted two hours of my life watching Mel Gibson in the new Christmas movie, Fat Man, <laughs> yes. where he plays a sort of modern day violent version of Santa. And now... And now, Mel Gibson confirmed for Lethal Weapon 5. But the big news is about the ages of the people involved with Lethal Weapon 5, right? It's an original cast coming back. So Mel Gibson's playing his role at 64. Come on. Look at Liam Neeson. (laughs) True, okay. Charles Bronson was 73 in Death Wish 5. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's old. Danny Glover, 74. Older than Charles Bronson in Death Wish 5. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Here's the big big sticking point, and this is where you're going to need to make a very... uh, very, uh, you might need to think about your decision on F, Mary Kill with these three. <laughs> because if you think Mel Gibson's old at 64, and obviously Danny Glover is even older to reprise his uh, lethal weapon role at 74, the original director, Richard Donner, is coming back to work on the movie because he's made all of the previous lethal weapon movies. The director, Richard Donner, is 90. Oh. How's he alive? Well, hopefully he can stay alive for long enough to make this uh, this movie. Otherwise, Larry King will be coming off the ICU going, I know how to do TV. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, since we spoke this into, into existence. Well, I think that Mel Gibson heard us talk, because that Fat Man movie, I, if it was full of action like the trailer promised, it would have been good. But it was an hour and 20 minutes of nothing and then a 10-minute shootout. Um, involving the bloke who was in The Shield years ago. And um, and then it ended. And I was very, very underwhelmed. And I think Mel Gibson, he listened to Did You America? And he thought, hey, they spoke about me at length. They only made about 10 jokes about me being a racist. So clearly I'm putting my <laughs> career back on track. The way to do it will to be to make Lethal Weapon 5. So I think we can definitely take credit for this. And I think he thought to himself... That British guy on there, the Piers Morgan one, he seems to have a thing for like old men doing action. Let's get the director back because he's 90. Yeah, well, he's definitely not going to say anything good about the Jew on the podcast. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, since we spoke this into existence, that has to be the biggest shame in my Jewish life that I am allowing Mel Gibson 
to have a further career in Hollywood. He's a changed man. You know, in the Fat Man movie, in the Fat Man movie, his wife was a black person. No, that 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 was CGI. <laughs> All right, so you gave me a trio. F, was- <laughs> F. Mary Kell. Right. Okay. So yeah. So 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 what are we doing? So for me, I'm killing Mel Gibson. Right. I don't care who he is as a Jew. The guy's dead. Now you put me between Glover and the director. Got a lot of got a lot of sexual experience at ninety years old. <laughs> well, much like Larry King, because <laughs> of age and proximity to death, I'm gonna have to marry the director for that money. Now you, you may be thrown off of how are you gonna f a seventy four year old man? Yeah, he might be very nimble. You don't know. Well, have you seen the? There's that scene. I believe it's in the first Lethal Weapon where his kids are just like happen to be watching him in the bathtub. If they're willing to do that at in the first one, by the fifth one, that guy must be packing heat. I'm down with it. All right, <laughs> they're fine choices. I think that's a, a a fair breakdown of that trio. All right, we have uh, more to come. Um, there's a guy who's changed his name to Celine Dion in uh, the UK because he was out of his mind. Um, I want to talk a bit about um, uh, superstitions for the new year because I've been eating a lot of black-eyed peas that I only found out are a, a southern thing that you're supposed to eat on uh, New Year's Day to bring you luck. And remember, um, I, I do need a job. And... Um, what was the other thing we were going to get to? Oh, yeah. James Corden. Apparently, it's all right for him to team up with uh, with uh, Weight Watchers. I mean, aren't we being all woke now? And isn't Weight Watchers fat shaming? Mm, mm, mm. Aren't we all supposed to be like, oh, it's fine that they're obesely overweight and they might be getting diabetes and dying soon? As a fat man, I'm offended. Did this suddenly become political? <laughs> Part two is on the way next. Don't forget, if you want to talk to us, didyouamerica.com is where we hang out. All right, it's part two. How's my man Larry K doing? Oh, he's dead. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, I just want to make sure that Larry King and Tanya Roberts both still alive. I, as far as I know, I've not gotten a Google alert for either. You yet. know what I got in my head? Meeting you in a view to a kill. <sighs> that movie... Right. If you took Roger Moore out of it because he does look like he's falling asleep, you've got Grace Jones being one of the best Bond girls, and you've got Christopher Walken. Like I, I didn't know it at the time when I was a little kid when I saw View to Kill for the first time, but now I know more about Christopher Walken, and I read the stories about um, who was it that he was banging on the boat? They're having their little gay affair and the wife went over the side and they never found out. Oh, Robert, I forgot Robert, about that story. Robert, Natalie. Not, not Robert Redford. Hold no. On. No. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Uh, Wagner? Is it Robert Wagner? I'm just Googling Christopher Walken boat. Uh, yeah, Robert Wagner. And who is it? Natalie Wood. Yes. Yeah, so, so, right. so, so the story is, is that Robert Wagner... And Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood are on a boat. And Robert Wagner is married to Natalie Wood. And yes. something happened. And she went over the side. And she's she's definitely dead. I mean, if she comes back, my God, we've got the best lineup for you to kill the <laughs> reboot. But I think she's definitely dead. And it was very suspect. And every, every few years, someone else comes out with apparently more information. And there's, there's some very nefarious details as to what was going on on that boat. And again, I have no idea if this is true, but one of the things that you'll read about on the internet is that um, Robert Wagner and uh, Christopher Walken might have been experimenting with their sexuality somewhat and that angered Natalie Wood and then there was an argument and then plop, 
over the side. Anyway, my point being, <laughs> I didn't know about that story till years and years later. But when you watch Christopher Walken acting that psycho in A View to a Kill, I, I watched it one time and I was thinking like, oh, I can totally see him pushing someone over the side of a boat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I could totally see him being gay on a boat. I could totally see him with his <laughs> cock out on a boat, having just been gay with the guy from heart to heart, then pushing the woman over the side of the boat. Sorry, Christopher Walken, you got taken down with Larry King in this one. <laughs> So um, now, New Year, right? So I, um, people kept on saying to me, it was almost like everyone knows that you know I'm jobless and I'm, you know I'm going to be homeless eventually, and uh, you know I'm, it's like I'm, I, I need to be, it's like I'm an orphan. I need to be adopted. I need a new job and a new home and everything. <laughs> and um, people started telling me between Christmas and New Year, oh, you got to get black eyed peas. You got to get black eyed peas. And I didn't realize that it was a southern thing that on New Year's Day, you're supposed to eat Black Eyed Peas because they bring you luck. I believe you're supposed to have 365 because 365 days of the year. What about uh, on Leap Year? Then you get 366. Hey, yo. Okay. I was just making sure the math checks out. Right. What was your point with that? That you know what one... No, I'm just saying, you know, like, you, do you, you have to change you, it up you, if it's just a leap so, year? Are you so high today that you, <laughs> you're, you just want to proudly point out that you can do the math of 365 plus one? I know numbers. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Black Eyed Peas, you got to have them. First day of the year, supposed to eat 365 to give you a, a whole year's worth of good luck. And I was thinking, I didn't know about this this time last year because I was new in Texas. No one explained it to me. I didn't have 365 black eyed peas. That may have been why I got fired. And so, <laughs> so start- let's blame that. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> but, and I was just thinking, is anyone paying any attention to any? resolutions or superstitions about good luck and new year because today the day that we're recording this it's january 4th right by the way you might if those of you who listen in almost real time you're probably not getting this until tuesday morning it's because new york producers got covid and almost died um so we we were a little bit late with getting everything online but um January 5th is the day by which you're supposed to take down your Christmas decorations. And I've always heard that if you've still got Christmas decorations up by January 6th, it's a year of bad luck. There must have been so many people that were lazy motherfuckers that didn't take down their Christmas decorations last year that created 2020, if that's the case. <laughs> like, what do you mean I can't have this up till April? It looks so good. Well, then I was also thinking that there's, I, I was looking at this restaurant in um, DFW. There's this place called Campo Verde that's uh, like a Tex-Mex place here. And they're big on their Christmas decorations. And they're so big on them that they put them up in October and they don't take them down till April. And they go, we don't care about the bad luck because you know why we've got the best Christmas decoration display you're ever, 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 ever going to see. So I'm just wondering if like this year, a lot of people are always doing this for good luck and that for bad. But everyone had mostly such a crappy year in 2020. Is anyone subscribing to those kind of like highfalutin theories this time? I definitely am not. I, I, I'm totally willing to put up with another shitty year to avoid eating 365 black eyed peas. Oh, I didn't mind the black eyed peas. Well, oh, your... just, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it'd be gross. It seems like it's not for me. Well, you, no, know? you eat them. Well, it's no. not fried chicken. Well, no, 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 that you, but you have them with fried chicken. You don't just eat them on their own. Yeah. No, the meal I had in the diner was a ton of black eyed peas with a huge bit of fried chicken and gravy. And then 
a bit of cornbread that might as well have been a full-size birthday cake. It was such a block. So how do you eat black-eyed peas? Out of a dish, and then you put them like in your mouth. Just like with a fork, you don't like mix it with anything? Is this why I've had such bad luck my whole life? That and you're very stoned a lot of the time. <laughs> I think you cosmically bring yourself bad luck and then your judgment's a little off. Yeah, right. That would only make me a of superior being. Look at Seth Rogen. Right. Well, yeah, but he's probably having black eyed peas. It's me, Seth Rogen, Snoop Dogg. We're blazing it up. We ain't eating no peas. I'm telling you, it was you get a load of black eyed peas. I had the uh, chicken fried steak and um, cornbread. That's that's that was the meal. You don't just have the. Why am I the Brit educating you, the guy from Texan, on the New Year's Day good luck tradition? What? How is this? Well, I'm saying like now we know the excuse for why my life has been so shitty up to this point. Now I'm going to eat some beans. Jeremy and I had a do black beans work. No, they have to be black. Well, no, you're too late now because they have to be black eyed peas and you've got to do them. You've got to get them on. So basically, these are the rules as far as I see it. You've got to start having them on January 1st. You have to have some on New Year's Day. You probably don't have to have 365 on that one day. But let's say between January 1st and January 6th, you've got to get through 365 black eyed peas and your Christmas decorations have got to come down. Unless you're Campo Verde in Arlington, <laughs> in which case your Christmas decorations are so fabulous, you can keep them up till April. So what happened? happens if i just eat like if i go order taco bell and listen to black eyed peas does that work the same thing because i think i'm more willing to do that um if you listen to them 365 times that's fine a little cheesy gordita crunch with some let's get it started i'm about it my other thing that i noticed from this period which i, I just want to say is that uh, i was watching football yesterday watching uh, the cowboys lose mm. which obviously is upsetting for anyone who lives in dfw the second most upsetting thing about watching that tv show yesterday was that chevy are still running christmas ads now, you know me, I'm Christmas's biggest fan. I've just been telling you everyone needs to get their Christmas decorations down. I, I, it, it's, I hate New Year because New Year means that Christmas is over. Like, I hate <laughs> New Year. Aww. I was in bed by 9.30 on New Year's Eve because I like to abstain from New Year because it's officially ending the Christmas period. But I dealt with it. I woke up to some fireworks in the distance and I just turned over and I, and I went back to sleep. And then Sunday, yesterday, I'm watching the Cowboys game. They're losing. And suddenly there's a Chevy ad with jangly music. And they're going, hey, Chevy for the heart. I'm like, no, 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 because Christmas is done. I don't even want to see Gremlins. I don't want to see. I remember when I was a little kid, if we used to tape things on a VCR when I was growing up, right, and it was movies that were shown around Christmas time. It didn't have to be Christmas movies, just that were, that were right. on TV then. And the ads came on and they had Christmas things on. It was in like February. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have shown me E.T. as I was a little kid. I'm fine when he flew away. Fuck that. But you stick on a Christmas advert in the middle of E.T. and it's February? Because we've got to wait till July for Christmas. Uh, this might July. be July. This is probably the first time since I'd say November 23rd that we've had the same opinion on anything Christmas. I'm with you. Get rid of all of it. 
Let's push it till who needs Christmas in July? You guys get December, okay? No, Stick July. with it. I can't wait for Christmas in July. You get the really camp guy on QVC selling your Christmas decorations, <laughs> Lifetime fire up their Christmas movie. This is why it's I- the only time the Golden Girls aren't on Hallmark apart from December. <laughs> uh, everything's just, it's like it's 110 degrees outside in DFW, but it's snowing on your TV. See, now I'm excited. But that's July. So Chevy, stop going da 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 jangle 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 on your TV ads on January 3rd unless Chevy wants to sponsor Did You America in which case they are an excellent car I love their TV ads and you should actually go out and buy a Chevy immediately if not sooner I'll take a free Silverado no I didn't say it was going to be free it's just I want a free Silverado now. Jeremy has got a new iPhone that he's so lazy he hasn't bothered to start using yet. Well, it's throw me under the bus, why don't you? I, uh, yeah, I think we are in a constant battle to prove who's worse at technology. You know, the whole point of me getting you on this podcast was you're 28, so you're younger than me, and you're from Texas, and I'm clearly not. And you really? and, and, and because you are younger, I just assumed that you would be all consumed with technology. I don't think I've met someone who is worse at tech than you. I might as well FaceTime my three-year-old nephew in the UK when I've got a computer problem, even though you're sitting in front of me because you can't figure out jack shit. If he can help me set up my new iPhone, give him a call because I could really use the help. No one who is 28-ish who gets a new iPhone, doesn't immediately set it up through because they're so excited to have a new phone because they can't figure out how to do it. So you're telling me I'm not on this podcast for my good looks and Barry White-esque voice. You're on the podcast because it's fun to say you look like a fat Walter Becker from <laughs> Stealing Man. I, I'll give you that you are amusing, but also that because I'm not technically very able and it kind of scared me that we were going to try and do something that was engaging, created around my kitchen table that somehow was going to get to cyberspace, that as well as being a funny fat Walter Becker, you'd be very helpful with the bit that where we have to get the entertainment from my dining room table to cyberspace and you're beyond useless yeah that's my bad no one no we 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 sat around recording this podcast we used two two computers and two microphones and for two months neither of us figured out that neither of the microphones were plugged in (laughs) no 28 year old should not understand that the microphones weren't plugged into the laptop well look in my defense for the new iphone you know i was real busy this month yada 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 but the thing is is I I have refused to use iCloud throughout my whole existence of having an iPhone. So this goes to show how lazy I am. You know, when I got my first iTunes account, I was in like middle school and it was under my mom's credit card because I was in sixth grade. And even as a sixth grader, I didn't have a credit card to charge a dollar for songs right. on. So all my iTunes information was on my mom's account. Yeah. Now throughout Four different iPhones. I have been too lazy to change my Apple ID because I don't want to lose all the years of music I've downloaded and all that. So I've just used my mom's account. You know that people just stream music now. I understand that. but You I've don't also, have to download it. I also it. have years of downloaded music that I just don't want to get rid of. I like that it's there. So 
Are you just concerned that, that those really, really specialist hip-hop songs about Oak Cliff that you were listening to in 2005 <laughs> were so specialist that you can't find them on any streaming platform? So if you lose the downloads <laughs> that you made in 05, you're never going to hear that song again. Is that what you're concerned about? Oak Cliff, that's my hood. Right. I, uh, I think, well, it's not just that. It's also like, you know, when we, for this podcast, all my notes go in my notes section on my iPhone. You know, there's stuff I've downloaded to Song, but because I don't use iCloud and my own separate Apple ID, when I inevitably now need to start my new Apple ID that's on my own because I'm an adult who doesn't need to be linked up with my mother's account, I now have to transfer all of these things. And it's just, I Googled and it's like, oh, well, that's not easy. You have to download this and you have to do this. And like, I. You are the I, only 28 year old. I just want someone to do it for me. That looks at a brand new iPhone which you've bought and approaches it with the trepidation that a 28 year old would maybe approach an STD test. <laughs> no, I take like, those I, I fine. Have to, I, I have to get to this. I won't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. I, that's how you're, that's the kind of fear that you are discussing with the iPhone. Well, it's not like I ordered the phone because like I was so excited for the new iPhone. It was simply a matter of, I have now fully paid for this phone. They were like, you're now free to start a new contract with a new phone. And as I get that email from them, my old iPhone it no longer has the ability for Wi-Fi to turn on. <laughs> like, like, see the little Wi-Fi symbol? It's just like, it's grayed out. It won't even let me turn on Wi-Fi. So, like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even connect to Wi-Fi to update the phone. So I was like, well, I guess I have to order a new phone. I now. thought I had uh, phones and computers that were the oldest on the planet. I, I remember um, I only got a new laptop towards the end of last year. So I'd had my my MacBook for uh, I think probably about nine years, and I was just determined to try and get ten years out of it. But it was getting slower and slower and slower. And about a year before that, I took it into the Apple Store, and the look that they gave me because I was kind of asking, "Can you have a look at it? It's running really slowly." I mean, I'm surprised I didn't set off alarms walking in with a with a with a MacBook that was that old. It was like. I'd walked into the most high-end exclusive club where everyone has to be in a tuxedo and I was wearing <laughs> Hawaiian shorts. That, that was that was that, that, there. that was that was the look that the guy in the Apple store gave me when when I flipped open my I don't know at that point uh 8-year-old laptop. Um and again it was like it was, or it was like I'd gone into a car dealership with the intention of buying a, a really nice, I don't know, brand new Lamborghini. And uh, the guy just takes one look at me and says, so you can't afford this. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, right. it was like that kind of thing. Well, see, you're lucky. You still get to go to the Apple store. But as we've discussed on this podcast before, I am banned from the Apple store. So when I go in there, they're not like, hey, sir, how can we help you? I walk in, alarms start going off. They're like, please get Jeremy out of yeah, here. You, you actually genuinely do set off alarms in the Apple store. I was just, <laughs> using, I was just using that as a metaphor because, right. my, because my, my computer is so old. It's like they didn't want to see. I, I felt like I've seen this occasionally in diners when homeless people come into panhandle and the people in the diner go you can't panhandle in here please leave the premises <laughs> right, yeah. that's that's how i was treated when i walked in with my super <laughs> super old macbook so I've, I've i've got that and and um you know and the other thing with me and technology and this happens every time i move which i've done a couple of times in the in the last few years 
Um, I've never ever been ahead of the curve in technology, except that in the late 90s, I was one of the first people I knew who got email, right? When it first came out, when okay. it was, you know, in its uh, primitive form. So, of course, I got AOL because it's America Online, baby. And even back in the late 90s, fuck yeah, America, Woo. right? And circa 1998, having AOL was absolutely fine, right? Yeah. Well, I never changed it. And, and, and it's only when I move that I, I feel the shame for this. So about five years ago, I moved to Phoenix. Uh, and again, I moved to DFW pretty much a year ago. So these are the only two moves I've made in about 10, 11 years, right? And so you move to a new place, you meet new people. You have to give your contact info to new people. So it happened five years ago when I moved to Phoenix. It happened a year ago when I was first arriving in DFW. I'm giving uh, you know new work colleagues and people that I've met my, my cell number and my email address. And the amount of times I heard, along with a look of absolute disgust, was, oh, you're still on AOL? <laughs> you, what? you might as well have been like, you can just fax me at this number. That's the reaction. <laughs> so I'm used to that. But then there's you. Who's scared to open his new cell phone? I'm still on sbcglobal.net. <laughs> you still... I have a MySpace page. You're still going into AOL chat rooms trying to get people to send you download links for porn. Right, I'm convincing everyone I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I'm getting worried... <laughs> the download's been going for 20 minutes and it's almost there, but then your mum gets on the phone <laughs> and suddenly the line's cut off and you're like, damn, I was about to get a five-second video. Do you remember that? I got a pop-up the other day. I haven't seen one of those in years. That's how you know you're watching way too much porn when you're still getting pop-ups on your computer. Uh, talking of watching stuff, I did want to give a, a special mention to Cobra Kai because um, they started season three. Now... I was um, kind of in two minds about Cobra Kai because I, I came back to it when it went to Netflix and I started watching season one and I thought I kind of liked it and it was a bit retro. It was pretty good. Um, Full of nostalgia. They're good at that. Yeah, but then it was kind of becoming... I was feeling like it was becoming a little bit too much of a teen drama. Yeah, and what sure. I realized was it was a teen drama to start with because it started out on YouTube. But then after about seven or eight episodes for YouTube... It went over to Netflix, and so they, they dropped the teen element because Netflix isn't so, you know, teen viewer obsessive. And the point at which I was about to go, oh, you know what? I've got Knight Rider reruns I could be watching. <laughs> there was a scene in Cobra Kai where the two main guys from the original Karate Kid are bonding in a car over Ario Speedwagon. And I was like... Baby, I'm in. <laughs> they start. They like they Ario. They start arguing, and then Ario Speedwagon comes on the radio, like take it on the run, baby. And one of them goes, "You like Ario Speedwagon?" And the other one goes, "What kind of a man doesn't?" And I was like, "Yeah!" Now this is becoming my show. And then since then, oh my god, it's like they made it for me. So they bond over Ario Speedwagon. There's a whole bit in that. I watched an episode yesterday where the, 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 the blonde-haired one has just got his first ever computer. He's like you. He's got no idea what he's doing with a computer, <laughs> right? He doesn't know anything about the internet or, or, or Wi-Fi or anything like Terrible that. Terrible at technology, great at karate. Right. That was basically his, what he was. But they kind of explained to him the basics of a computer, and you see some of the things that he's searching for, and obviously there's porn and stuff in there. <laughs> right. But one of the things that comes up on his search browser, 
Iron Maiden. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and then and then he realizes that people do viral adverts for on online, so he wants to make an advert for Cobra Kai. So they film some stuff on their phones because he's literally just learning that you can film on your phone and turn it into something that people can watch around right. the globe on the computer. Did you know that? I, I'm learning this now. Go See? on, it's very intriguing. <laughs> so they make this video, and he goes. All right, it looks good. Now get uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC to play oh. underneath it. And I was like, oh, that's a nice choice. And then one of the kids goes, um, Sensei, I don't think we have the rights to Thunderstruck. And he goes, yeah, we do. I bought it. I've got it on cassette in the car. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It's just, oh, no, I'm, I'm so into it. I'm so into everything about it. See, now that's great because, like I said, the show's really good at hitting you in nostalgia. So, of course, they have to have all this great 80s music in there. Yeah. That being said, nothing can top the perfect 80s montage song in the original Karate Kid. Which is what... what Joe Esposito... You're the best around. Right. It is without question the greatest montage song of all time. It's not Eye of the Tiger. It's not um what what's the one from uh Scarface? Scarface, right? It's like a, a shot at the moment or something. No. It is You're the Best Around by Joe Esposito. It does right. not get better than that. <laughs> Have they played that yet in Cobra Kai? No, there's been a lot of um like Boston and ACDC. And they know that they can't top Esposito. That's what's going on there. Maybe they genuinely don't have the rights to that. Maybe that's not the set <laughs> in the car. That Karate Kid, like, uh, who, who's the original Mr. Miyagi? Mr. Miyagi, right. Pat Morita or whatever. He owns the rights and he took that shit to the grave <laughs> with him. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it's a great turnaround that I was going to give up on it because I didn't care about the kids I just want to see like the guys broing down about like eighties <laughs> classic rock, right? And that is exactly what is going on now. The perfect a guy show. that doesn't need, doesn't doesn't know how to use a computer thinks he owns the rights to Thunderstruck because he's got ACDC on cassette in the car. Oh my god, yeah. I think technically then he does own the rights to Thunderstruck. Right there you go. So anyway, you should watch that episode of Cobra Kai because when uh, he learns how to use a computer, that might give you some tips as to what you should be doing with your new cell phone i'm not watching cobra kai until they bring back the hillary swank version of karate kid <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do a couple of um celebrity stories before we wrap up today and also uh, do uh, song of the week uh before we go because uh, i touched on this um james Corden. So he's teaming up with now again me just saying this i believe i'm not being woke enough because it's the company formerly known as Weight Watchers. I don't believe you're allowed to say Weight Watchers anymore because it sounds like you're fat shaming. So they're now just known as WW. Right, it's either WW or the thing that Oprah talks about. What does she talk about? She's a, one of their like main people, even though you know she remains fat. Well, no, she goes thin and fat and thin. Right, yo-yo dieting. That's what you want to promote. <laughs> <laughs> so James Corden... And I, I, I got no problem with James Corden, but he's he's teaming up with Weight Watchers. WW. Right. Uh, because not trying to get cancelled. Because he's now decided, well, he was almost cancelled uh, the other week. We'll get to that in a second. Because he's now decided that he wants to drop a few pounds and he's feeling unhealthy. And clearly they're basically paying him a load of money. So now he's on board with this. But this is after, who was it he had to go out? Bill said, Maher. So Bill Maher said, America, you're too fat. Put down the cake. And Jake, <laughs> right, basically. How dare you? I love my cake. <laughs> 
Some of you look like a fat version of Walter Becker from Steely Dan. It's not becoming on a 28-year-old, especially if you don't even know how to use a fucking cell phone. How dare you? I look wonderful. Some of you have spent too much time eating cake, getting fat, re-watching the scenes in Cobra Kai where the character learns how to use a computer so you can train yourself <laughs> on how to use a computer. That's my montage training video. Said, said Bill Maher. <laughs> and James Corden came back and said what? Uh, basically, don't fat shame me. It's good to be fat. Let me be whatever shape I want. Now, right, okay, so then, so this is my point where it you've gone a little bit too far because there is this whole thing about fat shaming and you know little kids in the playground being bullied because they're overweight obviously is very very wrong but when you're talking about a fat human being who is fat to the point of being unhealthy diabetes waiting to happen etc etc et right yeah and you're not allowed to say that person should lose some weight because it's unhealthy because then you're fat shaming that is crazy well Tell you something else is also crazy, right? Suggesting that generally, I'm not saying everyone, but generally human beings find fit people attractive. I know I do. Right. But then you said, oh, well, no. Why can't we have a bunch of fat models wandering around? Because most people aren't attracted to fat people. No. That's just a fact, right? See, I'm happy that James Corden is making this move because now it opens up a slot for the official spokesperson of Fat America, and I think I'm ready for that role. So you could jump on the super woke train even though you don't believe in it and go like, move aside, James Corden. I mean, have you seen his his wallet? Hell yeah, I can take away my actual thoughts on but society for this. Gonna be, he's good, well, it's going to be getting fatter while he gets thinner. That's maybe what he's saying for <laughs> WW, formerly known as Weight Watchers. So this is where my money's going. Yeah. it's um, so, and he, uh, But he got... Um, the Woke Brigade went for him a few weeks ago. I haven't seen it, but he's in some new movie where he's playing a gay character. And I believe the character is very, very camp. And so a bunch of people went, oh, this is outrageous. This is why straight people shouldn't play gay people. Because I think the character's like, he's a very camp person and he works right. in show business. Because you never get them, do you? I, <laughs> you know, I, so that's one like, okay, I kind of do understand like if he's going to play up the stereotype of a gay person, maybe they should go after a gay actor. You know, I get the comparison to like, you wouldn't put a white actor in blackface, but they've started to go way too far with this. I saw a headline that was uh, for a show where the actor was playing deaf and they're like, it needs to be a deaf person in that role. We are no longer acting. Right. It's just we're turning everything into a documentary. You can play, you don't have to be that exact. Now, when you take stuff like, uh, race and sexual preference into things or gender, you know, I understand why you wouldn't hire a person, a male in a just wearing a dress to play a trans role, but a deaf person, I can act like I don't hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, if you take the sexuality thing and flip it on its head, um, they put, um, uh, Hulu did the thing, uh, the Christmas show with, um, who was it? The actress. Um, the one that just said she's... She's a lesbian, right? Are you talking about Ellen Page now, Elliot Page? No. Oh. No. Uh, Different Kristen, story. 
Kristen Stewart? Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. She had the lesbian Christmas movie. Yeah, it was called A Lesbian Christmas, wasn't it? I, no, it wasn't. It might as well have been called that. <laughs> this season on Hulu. Don't show me it because remember, I get emotional if we watch Christmas things in January because, oh, right, because, right, right, because right. we don't get any Christmas till J- J- July. Well, just so you know, it's called Happiest Season for next year. How dare you suggest it was called A Lesbian Christmas just because it had lesbians in it? <laughs> so, but the point being, right, so uh, Kristen Stewart is, is a lesbian and she's playing a lesbian in a lesbian Christmas story role which is not called a lesbian Christmas it's called what uh happiest season right okay so there was some suggestion that that was appropriate casting because you've got a lesbian playing a lesbian but do you not think that further down the line because she's an actress she might want to play a straight role in some sort of romantic comedy for example and shouldn't she be allowed to do that I mean she's done it she played a straight person in Twilight see I haven't seen any Twilight but Uh, that proves my point let me tell (laughs) you Right. Yeah, no, she's done plenty of roles where she's dated men. And, you know, I think, I don't think she's come out as, you know, I think she's uh, bisexual. bisexual or pansexual or she has sex with whales. I don't know. But somehow she, uh, she, she just said manages to play these roles where those aren't her actual beliefs. Right. So, so is the, the point is the point then, because I thought that she was fully lesbian, you're telling me that she's bisexual. I don't so- know. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I don't know what. I she I believe is. in the movie that was called what? Ha, a lesbian Christmas, <laughs> where she played a lesbian. She was playing a lesbian. If in real life she's bisexual, should that be allowed? No, I, I'm. I'm totally on board with you. I think. First of all, I think that the rule should be you can't wear blackface. Other than that, just let them do the right, role. Because it's acting. The reason why you can't wear blackface is because you're talking about a race of people that were persecuted for so long, and the origins of blackface was basically ridiculing black people. Right. right? It, Al well, Jolson was, wasn't putting on black right. makeup to look black. He was right. trying to make fun of black people. But also, it was a thing. It wasn't even initially uh, about white people imitating a famous black person. It was just ridiculing black people in general. That's why, that's my understanding of why blackface is totally unacceptable in any in any way now. I feel bad that I just ridiculed Al Jolson because I am actually distant relatives with Al Jolson. And when my mom told me that as a kid, I was really excited because I thought I had a black relative. So I, I take back any criticism of Al, Uncle Al. Well, anyway, look, I, I, I so if we've been very... Very unpolitically correct for the for the pre- previous five minutes. What I'm basically saying is, I even if I want to, I can't keep up with the wokeness. It's very confusing that Kristen Stewart, who might be bisexual, but was apparently okay about playing a lesbian, who I think was strictly lesbian in that movie that wasn't called A Lesbian Christmas, but could have been. That was fine. But James Corden as a straight man playing a gay man who's very camp in a, in a new movie, that's not fine. And now apparently James Corden being a fat bloke saying he wants to lose weight to be better looking and more healthy, that's acceptable. And it's no longer fat shaming and i don't understand what's woke and what's not i'm staying asleep this is sometimes why you're better off like not having a cell phone that works you don't get all of this information what's the internet the other thing that i wanted to talk about just before we do a song of the week uh because we've been going for quite some time now is that um elton john now wants to do a show where he doesn't play his hits now this is I I believe I mean he's he's become a Vegas act and you know not taking anything away from Elton John he can still sell a lot of tickets in a you know in a pre-COVID era hopefully in a post-COVID era people want to see him he's got some great great pop songs he could probably play you know like a five-hour show and it all just be pure hits right but he's now saying that 
he would like to actually do maybe not a tour, but at least select shows because he's got a huge catalog of stuff um, that is not the mainstream hit music. Some people would say that would be the aficionado's choice of Elton John. Some people would say it's the stuff that's not that popular because it's not that good. So with Elton John, because, you know, in the early 70s, he had that run where he was putting out like two albums a year. Mm-hmm. Now he does That's what have- he was doing, a lot of cocaine. Exactly, drugs a lot of productivity. Bad, tr- tr- drugs are bad, kid, but kids, but you can knock out a lot of albums in that time. <laughs> so like- you know, the thing is, is there are, like, like, where have you come up? Got another one. He does have a ton of memorable and known songs that he doesn't perform at concerts because he has 15 to 20 massive hits. But there's also, you know, a catalog of songs that I think people do know, but he doesn't necessarily get to play. So I hope that's what he's referring to. But I think what he's referring to is he's officially hit that Billy Joel mode where he doesn't actually want to put out new music because he's just like, I prefer classical and they don't understand my art. So instead, he just like goes through the hits year after year just for the paycheck. I like the idea that he's going to come on stage and um, he'll give up on the fake hair so he's going to be bald. <laughs> he won't have the big glass. He's going to have contacts in. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he won't have any of the outrageous costumes. He'll just come on in like sweatpants and a greasy sports t-shirt. hoodie, right? <laughs> Maybe with some stains on it from where he's been eating fish and chips right. backstage or something like that. And, um, and you know, in the sort of like... Uh, uh, the, 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 that bit of Spinal Tap where they come on and go, you are witnessing the new dawn of Spinal Tap. We hope you like our new direction. He comes out with his fish and chip stain, right? And, he, and, he, and his hoodie and his sweatpants. And he goes, hey, I'm Reg Dwight. And these are the songs you fuckers didn't buy. <laughs> what? Honestly, that would be the greatest intro to a show ever. Here's my real fucking name. And here's the songs you fucking hate. Yeah. And by the way, do you know how uncomfortable those outfits with wings are? Do you know how many times I've nearly knocked myself out on the piano because the glasses are so big when I'm looking down trying to see the words on the teleprompters? My (laughs) God, it's been absolute hell. And all he does between the songs is bitch about how much he hates the costumes and he can't stand Crocodile Rock and everything else. And then then he'll be like, all right, here's another song I wrote that was a B-side. It was track two on the B-side of my 12-inch single from 1984 that I wrote after a three-week binge on cocaine. It's called I Just Wanna Be Rage. You, You know what Saturday nights are also for? Taking a nap. Now, here's a song I wrote when I was 12. (laughs) <laughs> this is great we just created such a better show this is our billion dollar idea oh, for today's podcast elton get with it when elton becomes reg again <laughs> that's it i love it's it it's absolutely perfect right we gotta go uh because we've been going on for way too long there's other stuff to get to but we'll do this on uh, thursday assuming that new york producer does not die of covid between now and then um, song of the week, same as last week. Song of the week, same as last week, because New York producer has been very sick, so he hasn't been able to load stuff up. So let's so run, lazy. Run through. Well, he is in bed with COVID. Lazy. <laughs> um, New York producer choice: haircut by Chess Cardigan. Jeremy's choice. Oh, I forgot. Oh God. <laughs> Growing up by Eddie Vedder. Oh, that's right. Do I have to do all the work? And I chose The Beginning of the End by Crosses, uh, which is a side project of uh, Chino Marino of Deftones. So if you go to didyouamerica.com slash song, you can vote there. Didyouamerica.com slash song. Or if you go to Ian Camfield on Twitter, um, as soon as uh, 
New York producer has got the strength in his fingers to post a poll on Twitter. You'll be able to vote there. So my choice, the beginning of the end by crosses, Jeremy's choice, growing up by Eddie Vedder, New York producer's choice, haircut by Chaz Cardigan. Uh, vote at Ian Canfield on Twitter or vote at didyouamerica.com slash song. If you want to talk to us, send us any uh, correspondence or feedback. Let us know if you would buy tickets for the When Elton Becomes Reg tour. Uh, anything like that. Uh, you can type us a message or indeed be on the show by uh, talking into your device and leaving us a voice message. Uh, just go to didyouamerica.com. It's all there. And you can buy T-shirts. Uh, we have them for sale. They are awesome. Jeremy is wearing one right now. It's very soft and it's awesome. Isn't the material great? It really is. My nipples feel wonderful. Maybe uh, Reg can wear one when he when he's dressed down for right. his new show playing his B-side from 1989 that no one bought. Might I recommend this shirt will feel great on your nipples. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a recommendation for you, Elton. I mean, Reg. Right. Hopefully we'll be back on Thursday if you're listening in real time. And um, yeah. We're done. Did we, America? I know I did.